0: Hello everybody and welcome to Mates, everyday conversations between mates aimed at breaking down the stigma around mental health. My name is Alex and for episode 2 I'm joined by one of my best and oldest mates, Nick. Together we explore how our friendship, which started as teenagers, has developed around the mental health conversation, how our mental health issues have impacted our relationships, issues surrounding body image and how we dealt with trauma and loss at a young age. I've greatly appreciated the feedback and kind words received so far in response to episode 1, and I'm looking forward to taking you on the journey as my editing and interviewing skills develop. Just for the listener, I was carrying a bit of a cold when Nick and I recorded, which I thought I'd get away with, and only upon listening back to I realised I was more congested than I initially thought. However, I think it's important that we continue the momentum we have so far, and I'm proud of the chat Nick and I had. If you'd like to be informed when an episode is released, I'd invite you to subscribe wherever you're listening at the moment, especially as I'm not currently running to a strict release schedule. As always, it's important to note that this conversation covers some sensitive topics. If anything raised in the conversation today brings up anything for you, please make use of the resources in the show notes wherever you're accessing this recording, or reach out and chat to a mate. Thanks for listening. Hi Nick, thanks Thanks for joining the pod, Uh, episode number two. You're you're one of my oldest mates, Nick, we've been uh, friends... For almost 20 years, I almost fell off my chair when I thought about that earlier. We met in 2004 in a uh, first year of high school at Good Old Wodonga West, and quite proud to say, even to this day, you're 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 one of my best mates. Uh, and I, I think that that it's important that I I have this conversation with with you today. We, we, we've developed this ability over the years obviously as 13 year olds we weren't fantastic at speaking about our mental health and probably not as good as we should have been at 23 either but now that we're in our in our 30s we've been able to spend some time together over the past year sort of hiking and and talking about uh our mental health and and how things that we're doing physically link with our mental health and and spirituality as well but it has been uh a good six months since we've seen each other face to face so the obvious and important question is
1: how are you mate how are you doing well firstly thanks for uh letting me be a part of this 20 years is um, a pretty remarkable amount of time like um to, to have a friendship so that's definitely worth celebrating at the very least
0: i've still got one year to go so uh let's not pop the champagne just yet
1: no, <laughs> let's not get too premature on this. Um, yeah, however, our friendship can legally vote now, which is, um, you know, which is quite remarkable. I think you might have mentioned that earlier. It can also, um, it's also old enough to buy a drink at the pub. So how many, um, you know, how many friends do you sort of get in life that, you know, you can establish that kind of um, longevity with? It's Yeah, it's quite remarkable. Um, I'm... I'm good, mate. I I often lead what can appear to be a very turbulent lifestyle. <laughs> uh, but overall, underneath uh, underneath everything that's sort of going on within my life, I'm I'm doing pretty good. And as you've touched on, um, through when we met when we were 12, 13 years old, through to 23, through to now in our very early 30s, and I say very early, early 30s because we've only just departed our 20s, um, uh, we've definitely gone through a refinement of the way that we communicate with each other, the way that we regard ourselves, we regard our friendship and where our mental health literacy uh, and our dialogue has, has evolved in that time as well. Um, so we've sort of changed, our friendship has changed, but we've changed with it, which is, you know, one of the, uh, which is a testament to, you know, our relationship
0: oh, grace uh and and only for the better i'll say as well uh and i just like to yeah touch on yeah very very young very relevant very cool uh i think i think it's a good segue into the, the, the first point that i'd like to chat with you about today mate in that we have developed the ability to have this conversation and in doing so and and quite naturally for for anyone who is that age w- we didn't discuss it when we were young we didn't discuss it when we were 13 14 all the way through to the end of high school which uh listeners of the first episode will will note that I I had one of my worst episodes of of mental health probably just coming out of high school and I think probably spoke to you about it mate on, on one of our uh unusually late night walks up Huon Hill in our hometown of of Wodonga but uh, the circumstances under which we met were very much that uh you had this identity within our year group at at school um and your nickname was Big Nick and uh it was not whispered it was it was very widely used probably even amongst teachers and looking back with the lens of uh good taste there are you know a number of justifications that could have been used for uh that nickname uh, that are beyond the less that beyond the obvious which is there were two nicks in uh, your 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 class you were you were the taller of the two as i recall uh you've got a large personality as has probably already come through on on this recording but um the fact of the matter is you, you were called big nick because you were overweight that and that was a part of your identity for for the formidable years of our friendship they that was what you were known as um lovingly but i can't imagine that that uh, especially at the age of 13 14 had a positive impact on you so if you'd like to delve into that i'd like to hear about that a bit more
1: yeah well it's funny isn't it because i mean how we how we label each other um particularly at a younger age like i think the brain you know you know human beings brains are very lazy in in the in the way of we need to just sort people into categories and then we identify those people with those categories because it's neater and it's it's a shortcut and and that kind of thing and um and And just just importantly i guess uh using that to separate people out as well which is the where it gets dangerous yeah, absolutely, um, and I think it's sort of had a bit of a, um, <clears throat> a, a a twofold sort of effect on me in that it was yeah, absolutely something that could identify me uh, in in a way that was yeah, I'm I'm big uh, as in like physically I was <laughs> a big old man titties, uh, and I used to um, I used to I remember being able to like put a pen into the fold of my stomach and, um, like use that, the rolls on my stomach as a mouth to swallow this, (laughs) this big pen in, in maths. Um, and then also used to like project it or projectile it from my stomach and send the pen flying across the room. Um, and then that also led to a very what I found to be a very, I was able to turn what was effectively, you know, a, a very negative attribute about myself, or, you know, what society would deem as a, a negative attribute, um, into something that was quite positive. And so, despite it being a, a negative, um, I guess, connotation with, with one's identity, it also served as a very um, rewarding thing for me because I was getting a positive response from people and therefore making a connection. And uh, in, in the long term, uh, I think it probably was a little bit detrimental because what it did was probably separate me too far from, from people because I, I guess I probably kept shielding myself with this with this um, this armor of humor, and uh, that would just then create more and more segregation. Um, but uh, yeah, it was it was definitely definitely an identifier, uh, and I use that to the best of my ability to turn it into something positive um but at times yeah it would become a little bit um a little bit dangerous if I indulged in that too much I think
0: yeah I think I think well, first things first to have that ability to turn something that most teenagers would perceive as being a profound negative um, especially when other people are saying it to you um as lovingly as it may have been the negative connotations there to take that and turn that into a positive for you, uh, is, a, is a, is a remarkable skill. Um, and not one that I knew you had. So, and it's led into what you're doing to this day. It's, it's, you were, you were using your body as a physical performer. It's was far more uh, of a visual description than I anticipated, but we've, we've had it now and it was lovely. Uh, but you're still using that now and you're, and you're still using your, 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 your body and your gestures to, perform in your you know you, you you're attempting to become an actor and you're doing stand-up comedy at the moment so it's sort of you could say it's rather than being a, a hindrance it's aided you and sort of set you on your path earlier than you that you've anticipated and with all that being said it didn't stop you from wiping the tennis court with me all through our teenage years so uh, in that sense it's, it's, it's quite good i think the most positive thing to come from that though is that you've now embraced a, a culture of health uh and obviously you don't want your mates to be unhealthy you want your mates to be the best version of themselves that they can they physically and mentally so to hear that didn't affect you as much mentally as I'd maybe expected is a relief because you don't want your mates to have lived through something like that, especially when you've unwillingly participated in it. But to hear that it's actually been more of a positive, um, especially now that you, you you know in the in the past few years you've, you've you've really been taking good care of yourself, and I'm proud of you for it. You've found uh, CrossFit, which is a not only you know you you post your progress all the time on on social media, and it's i I always stop and watch and uh, see you ring the bell and hit your hit your personal best, which is outstanding mate, and it's cracking work. But it's also delivered to you uh, a community which is, I think we're only now sort of realizing the the, the the paradox of of social media, and i've 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 spoken about this before, but when we're all connected, the ability to be truly connected has diminished and within that community you found connectedness and real relationships again.
1: Mm. Yeah. And yeah. And I, I would say, I would say that that's all, all of what you've said is, is pretty spot on. I, um, in my, in my assessment of how I sort of reviewed myself in in the past and, um, I, I, I do have to say though, if I'm being completely honest, like it, it was, it, despite the, dis, you know, the initial description of, of me being able to turn things into positives, um, these negative experiences into, into positives, it's a very exhausting process. Um, and it definitely, uh, there was definitely periods in my life where I couldn't do that because I felt like. I had so much working against me. I had my biology working against me. I had, you know, my personal life working against me. I had, um, uh, my, uh, self-esteem working against me. And, I, uh, you know, a, 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 and even though like I framed it in a way that I was like, yeah, and I was able to turn negatives into positives. It was, um, a lot of the time that wasn't the case. And I had to sit through, I mean, Uh, looking at me now and i've you know made it effectively made it through to the other side which i think is what happens in your late 20s and 30s you eventually just don't give a fuck about you know all of these um well you give less of a fuck i think um about what people think of you um and how you place yourself in the world you become a little bit more um self-centered not as a negative thing but as a as a way of going oh this is actually quite liberating that i don't have to worry about my place in the world because i'm not as important to people as i thought i might have been which can be a very like cold statement i think but if you look at it in in the through the perspective or through the lens of going okay i'm only i'm caring about what other people think about me but no one actually cares about that about the things that i think they care about they might care about me as a person but they don't care about the insecurities that i have um and so which is the beautiful thing about aging? I think you just become freer and freer, more liberated, <laughs> and not attached to these insecurities as much. And um, but yeah, there was depth, and you know, and we you know, this is the amazing thing about the depth and breadth of our friendship is that you and I have both identified tools that we've used throughout the years um, to sort of help us get through those pinch points where where things were getting extremely difficult. Um, so and you know, and there's days where I've got to say like I felt like I lost, like I lost that battle, like and then I'd sort of spiral out for weeks and weeks. Um and when things got really bad, um, you know, there was uh, levels of um of complete and utter loneliness and 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 despair and suicidal ideation that would then lead to and um it was it was there was definitely some there's definitely been a a number of dark days and um it would be uh remiss of me not to acknowledge that that was the case um because this isn't yeah much like much like everyone's story like there's a uh a spectrum of of color that goes with it and that includes the gray and the dark and the uh, um You know that that side of things too and i've I've got to say the i think the only reason i can talk about it now is because i spent the time being that vulnerable through that process and then trying to find ways to ameliorate that and sort of fortify myself against feeling that way in the future
0: yeah it's very much a a, you need the darkness to be able to see the, the color in things um it's, it's, you know, I think the the thing with what you've said there about dark days that spiral into dark weeks that spiral into dark months, and for me even uh, have have spiraled into dark years that I I can barely remember. Uh, given that that's one of my symptoms when I become sort of depressive or, or, or anxious is that I, I suffer from memory loss. Um, it would surprise listeners of 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 this podcast to to hear that you know we're not we're not necessarily talking about Ten years ago or eight years ago or six years ago we're talking two months ago uh, for example um but it's as you say it's the tools that we've developed both on our own and uh, together there's an experience that i probably want to touch on quite shortly uh those tools that we've developed you know they might not stop a spiral but they will stop a spiral from becoming a year-long spiral or even a week-long spiral i think you know, I, I had uh, I, I had last week. I, I I went out on a on a first date last week on Wednesday, uh, and I went out. I, I had a great time. I thought I went really well. We went to a place that I'd never been before, and a place that uh, I, I'd be very interested in going again. And then, sort of on Friday, I sort of looked to tee up what was next, and I got a response that I wasn't expecting, which was I'm I'm not interested in pursuing anything further, and. A long time ago that would have set me off for, for, for quite some time in different ways as well to, to how it set me off because it didn't necessarily set me down the the road of what did i do wrong what's wrong with me or uh you know self-loathing self-blaming but it sort of more still set me down the path of how did i get how did i assess that situation incorrectly uh and sort of almost using the tools that I've developed to punish myself. But that quite quickly, uh, you know, I was able to recognise the, the the thought patterns that led to that possible spiral. Um and you know, it's been we're recording this on a Monday evening and I just said it was last Wednesday, so that you know there's there's still uh work being done internally to, to sort of realign myself with how that situation went and why uh, it didn't go well. But that would have been something in my early 20s that set me off for a very long time down a, a dark path of self-loathing and uh yeah. you know black and white thinking of this is how it's always going to be and probably down the, yep. the, the suicidal ideation path but obviously we're where uh, we've developed from that but it does sort of bring me into the the next topic that you and I probably haven't spoken about as much, mate. And I think we've lived quite different lives on, on this front. It is sort of relationships and, and sort of through my my adult life, I've spent most of my time in relationships and you've met partners of mine in the past. You're one of the the first mates I try and introduce them to because I, I like I say, I'm proud about friendship and I would, Want them to meet one of my best mates before their are meeting, uh, just anybody. Uh, but you're quite different, and, and I haven't known you to be in relationships all that often through our adulthood. And I, I wonder whether that comes from um, perhaps you attaining what you, you, you're, you're speaking about, about not caring about what others think and, and sort of by comparison and this is a thought process that I'm sort of uh, exploring at the moment is whether I had placed too much importance in the past on relationships and not enough importance on the self. Where does that sort of that mm. sit with you, mate? Yeah.
1: Yeah. So um, yeah, this is probably something that I've never really spoken to many people about before, I guess, but um, yeah, I, I, I've never really, had a successful relationship in my in my adult adult years um and uh it's it's something that i'm working on um i mean yeah i've, I've had i've had relationships but um they've been very been very short-lived and um often the case is that i think i guess very anxious uh you know in in dealing with with that kind of thing um maybe partly because I didn't see good modeling of relationships, um, from a very young age, um, that with body image issues and, you know, a whole, you know, a a whole bunch of, you know, whole range of insecurities around, um, what I looked like and, you know, that my self-worth was attached to that and, um, and that kind of thing. And, and then, I don't know. I think I saw like a number of friends get into relationships and it ended pretty horribly for them. And, um, I just kind of, yeah. Um, yeah, kind of just got, kept, you know, just keep, I just kept getting older. And then the pressure was just kind of like, oh, well, you know, Nick's a, you know, Nick's a great guy. Why isn't he in a relationship without, you know, without being able to sort of articulate that it's as, as soon as that kind of thing comes up for me, um, I I just shut down, like I I, I develop this this armor, and I become very avoidant uh, of of people. And um, for me, is I think it's going to be like a lifetime thing to try and like, hopefully not, but like a, you know, it's definitely something that I'm that I'm trying to work through a, a, as an adult. Um, yeah, I, I just uh, I guess I just feel can feel, can feel very uncomfortable. Um, being vulnerable with another person, uh, which, yeah, which leads to, um, just feeling too, uh, too anxious, I guess. And in, in a way, um, so I avoid, I, I have avoided it in the past and, and then you sort of, you know, then I kind of re- reflect on that and I was like, no, okay, well, why, why is, why is that the case? Why does that affect me so much? Um and then I kind of look at reasons as to, you know, what I want to do in my life, where I want to go. And, you know, the industry that I primarily want to work in, you know, being the, you know, the acting and performative, um, industry. And I think the idea of being tied down to a person, um, is, is kind of that repulses me quite a lot. And I like the, um, I like the idea of being able to move freely around, um, around the world around my life you know around the world or around places to do gigs here gigs at, you know that that sort of thing and um and uh i i think i fear that i wouldn't be able to to do that if i was in a relationship and um that being said i'm like as i'm you know getting older now i kind of go you know i have moments where like for example on the weekend i went to a music music festival um I asked a number of people uh, if they wanted to to join in uh, to come to that. and um had the option of asking um, uh, someone who I've you know established a you know a really good relationship with um in the past, and you know we saw we, we you know we've sort of seen each other you know a number of times you know throughout the years. Um, and I, I had the opportunity to to invite invite her and uh and i just i just didn't i just avoided doing that um because i i thought that i had a moment where i was like oh i don't know whether i can commit to <laughs> even doing that at the at the moment and so i i avoided doing that and um which is kind of detrimental in the end because i think i let the like the the anxiety of that uh, sort of over, overwhelm the situation myself, um, and sort of deregulate myself a little bit, um, and then I feel I get flashes of of um, like uh, incredible loneliness, and I'm like I've just pushed myself further away from making any kind of connection with somebody, and um, and that, that can be a really hard thing to jostle with, and I've probably never really articulated that. Um, before, so um, this is an exclusive
0: uh, <laughs> breaking news. Uh, uh, I think breaking. I've I've done a lot of this exploring within therapy. Um, and it's interesting to me because it does come back to a lot of the similar things. Growing up in a broken home um, and not having that benchmark of what a relationship looks like, a healthy relationship looks like, meant That I had to learn by making errors. And it sounds as though it's quite similar with you. And I and I and I made those errors and those errors hurt. And those errors are regrets that I've carried with me for a long time. And only up probably in the past few years have I learnt not necessarily to let those regrets go, but to acknowledge that they were in the past. And acknowledge that because I was able to maybe not at the time but through the years learn from those and 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 treat treat the situation differently if if something similar came up in a in a future relationship um, that even though it caused pain at the time, they were still beneficial in my development. And that's not to say that you know I, I look back and sort of think I wish I had have just had the, the guidebook, you know, and I, it's interesting that from similar experiences it sounds we've we've come out of it uh, completely the opposite side of the spectrum. I think that I am quite, uh, for lack of a better term, grabby. I, I see something that has a, a, a potential for future uh, connection and happiness, and probably you know, smother the fire before to be given a chance to burn sort of thing Uh, and that's again probably one of the the, the overriding themes of my therapy sessions is why I do that Uh, and why not necessarily now but uh, even two years ago why I wasn't comfortable alone why I wasn't comfortable in my own own company Uh, and that's been a very interesting journey and I uh, if if you've not spoken about that with a therapist before, mate, I, I, I strongly recommend doing so not only because it, it, it's, it's not necessarily important to be in a relationship. I, I see you and I see a, a guy who I'm mates with who's, who's thriving, but I do understand at the same time, like you said, the flashes of, of, of loneliness where we're, we're speaking to each other right now across, across the world. I'm in London, you're in Melbourne currently um i mean i'm in in a foreign community even though we're english speaking um the way we interact with each other as mates is quite different and i find that very hard um to the extent that the, the, the person that i was with last wednesday i tend to i tend to gravitate towards australians in that in that setting as well um not all of my previous partners have been australian but uh they fit in quite well australia with their sense of humor and their mannerisms um it's and it's interesting to speak back on on you know not necessarily just the the and trauma is the appropriate word It, it, it may come as being quite a sharp word to people who are listening in but if it affects the way you behave in such a way in such a fundamental way then i think it is trauma and i think We've gone through separate situations as youth, you know. We thought we were adults at the time. With the benefit of hindsight, we certainly were <laughs> not. Um, I don't, you know, there's that there's that nagging element of adulthood where I still don't consider myself a, a, an adult today. Uh, but you did then, and we certainly weren't. And, you know, it's, it's pretty scientifically proven that brain doesn't stop developing until i believe it's mid to late 20s so you're forming neural pathways and and forming habits and and that's not to say that they can't be amended in beyond that with tools such as mindfulness and meditation and all that stuff that i think's really been thrust into the into the mainstream in the past period of time probably since the pandemic but interesting to hear how similar situations can yield different results. And I think it really draws me into um, probably the, the most traumatic event that we've been through together. Um, it's a day that I remember quite well, uh, and I'm talking about um, a friend of ours uh, named Casey who, who passed away. Uh, it was a year after we left school, two? I think it was two. Uh,
1: 2011, yeah, two years. Right, so two years after we left school. Um,
0: and, you know, I sit here and I say, you know, you've been one of my best mates since the day I met you, but he was probably your best mate. Um, And I, I, I find no shame in coming second to him. I was mates with him, but probably not as close as you, but we had plans together to... To travel Europe and 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 uh, make the most of our, our gap year that didn't come to pass when uh, <laughs> things things went south for, for Casey, um, but it was a very interesting day, the day of his funeral, because what I remember seeing and not potentially recognising it at the time was our entire community of school and people we knew outside of school, being thrust into trauma and everyone dealing with it in their own way, but coming together to do so. And I think up until that point, I had a very negative view of our hometown. Uh, I wanted to leave as soon as possible. I wanted to never look back. Um, and from that day on, sort of I turn around, and I look at how we came together as young people. And even since the release of this podcast, I've heard from people from that community that I, I, I seldom hear from to say thank you and, and and good stuff and looking forward to the next one and all that. I think that that's one thing that we've been together as mates that, you know, you, you did a fantastic job, not only on that day, but the whole way up with no with no guidebook, with no manual on how to deal with something like that, not only with the person sat in front of you, but then when they weren't anymore. And I think not only from from me as a guy who was really confused about it as well, but I think the way that you were in that situation meant a lot to a a lot of people who had no way of
1: communicating it at that time. Mm. It was definitely um, I call that the bamboo period of uh, <laughs> of my life uh, in a uh, in a way um, where I experienced no noticeable growth personally <laughs> for a number of years, and then in a very short space of time, I think it was about three to four weeks, um, where Casey had. So for for people listening. Um, Casey was, uh, we're all 19, 18, 19 years old. Um, he was diagnosed with a germ cell cancer, um, which I, I believe was testicular cancer at its origins. Um, and then tumors spread around his body over the course of, it would have been, I'd say maybe 12 months. Um, and so he was getting treatment, um, for, for that for about a, a year possibly longer um and there came a point in would have been may 2011 uh so he was yeah going through radiation therapy and um key, uh, chemotherapy i think he'd, he'd done a couple of rounds had been given the all clear a couple of times um and then yeah in may of 2011 he uh, was given a diagnosis, uh, not a diagnosis. He was given a um, uh, uh, effectively three weeks to live, um, and so no, I remember that, that being
0: was, not long after an all clear as well. I think was the, yeah. the, the roller coaster of that.
1: Yeah, that's that's exactly right. I think it might have been his third um, his third. Uh, uh all clear i'm not really i'm not really across the terminology um but i'm I'm fighting up doctors mate yeah (laughs) um yeah but he was yeah he was given that and then uh and then i think he was sent home and then a couple of weeks later a, a tumor had appeared on a scan that they had done um weeks ago that they hadn't picked up on so whether they, there was a review of his um or whether the symptoms were persisting in some capacity i'm not entirely sure but um yeah a, a, another tumor had had grown um or had appeared and um then yeah there was also a, a number of them that were still present one on his on on his brain uh one in his spine uh and yeah it was uh it, it was it, it yeah, it wasn't looking good. So they, um, yeah, he was given three weeks, uh, to live and that sort of came, uh, as a bit of a numbing kind of, uh, experience. So, uh, yeah, within that three to four weeks, um, I call this the the bamboo period of my life because I I went from being a very, um, as you are in your teenage to late teenage years, very self-centered and very, um, Uh, centric to the universe that everything that happens to you is the most important thing that happens to you. And then, um, you, you know, you try and navigate everything else, um, around, like everyone else has to navigate their lives around you trying to move through the world kind of thing. And everything you do is profound and everything you do is important. And, um, yeah, however, that very quickly fell away, those beliefs. Um, and then for the next, three to four weeks i was sort of in complete servitude of of looking after a mate of of mine who um kind of similar situation to us in terms of growing up one parent wasn't present um did a you know did a number of um things for um you know his household that was sort of beyond his years um and yeah um and so I think he was then quickly surrounded by people who are unequipped to, um, or unqualified, you know, underqualified to, to help him in a way. And so, yeah, in, within those three to four weeks, I, I just went through this, um, significant period of, of maturity, um, of maturation and, um, and growth and, and that kind of thing without it making it sound like it was, you know, it was an amazing growth experience. You know, that's not what I'm trying to like <laughs> trying to angle here, but, um, it was uh, without sounding like it sounding like too much of a trope, it was it was one of the, the, the most significant life altering situations I happened to be a part of.
0: Yeah, and I think that the 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 interesting thing about it is he was so well loved in in the community for for different reasons. That it did happen to all of us in different ways, and even if we weren't that closely connected with him, we had to confront that. We had to confront the the, the notion of something horrible happening uh, to someone our age at a much sooner time than perhaps we should have. Um, I had, I had the, the, again, I had the following year. I had uh, another friend. Pass in incredibly similar circumstances um, and what I took from that, uh, especially my other mate uh, patrick who I, I lived with in my first year of of university I, I rather uh, coincidentally he was one of the people that I spoke to when the, 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 the stuff with with Casey happened because i remember I remember the evening quite well when you called me to say that he had he had passed and at that point patrick was in the clear and 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 not only uh well i didn't really find out until afterwards how unwell he was at that time and that he had been so significantly affected as a teenager that he would never live a, a normal life and within a year he had he had left us as well um and what I took from those two experiences was just, you know, they're they they're never gone if you tell their story, uh, and you know, I've I've been quite fortunate to to go on that trip that we we probably intended to go on, probably not the exact same one, but uh, over over the course of the years that I've been traveling, I, I've been able to go to probably the places that we would have gone, and I've told people that I've met about Casey, and I've told people that I've met about Patrick, and. I, I remember one night I told Patrick's story to a, to a captive audience around the, a campfire in the desert in Namibia and felt a sense of pride within myself that I was keeping my promise to, to Patrick. But I think I learned a lot of that from you, mate. And I, I wanted to tell you that I, I, you know, I saw what you did then and I really appreciated it. And I didn't have the wherewithal to be able to tell you at at such an emotional time
1: yeah thank you man that's uh yeah um yeah i think we as people uh because we're so swept up in in ourselves and we we can never escape ourselves so we only ever experience uh any event that happens to us with a layering of everything else that's going on in our lives nothing's a, a separate incident And so, or separate event. And so I think it's very easy to disregard the significance that you have on other people when you're facing something like that, like, or you know, something, you know, um, significant in in your own life and you're just going through the motions, trying to work through it yourself. And for some people that's, you know, taking on a position that's, you know, um, I guess maybe what I had done and, um helped organize the funeral had helped in the last three weeks of three or four weeks of his life amongst other people like this this wasn't a solo venture like there was a as you've mentioned there was a community of people who were who were doing this absolutely um um and if anything i probably got in the way <laughs> more so than and i actually... i don't
0: i don't believe that to be true mate. i think i think i saw what you, you were doing there and i think you you performed incredibly given the um the age we're at and the and the situation that you were thrown in, I, I think that you're you're being very harsh on yourself there.
1: Well, you know, it's uh, you know you don't want to wearing that wearing that hat of nobility is a like an uncomfortable thing I think sometimes and like <laughs> of um so you kind of deflect a bit don't you? But um yeah it's you, I I think it's very easy to not understand the impact that your actions have on other people um so. For some people, see what you've done as a really significant thing and a and a a a perspective changing thing, and it's it really warms me to know that that I you know there was there are positives that that come from this, and I remember a a friend of mine, their their mum had a chat with me very soon after. In fact, it may have been the day that the day or the day after. No, it was the day. I'm pretty sure it was the day that he had passed away. Um, and she had said that in time you, you will see how this facilitates positive change in your life. And I just remember feeling so livid at that statement at that point in time, just because it was so so raw, and uh, I was in sort of disbelief that it had happened. Really, it was almost disassociation in in, in a way, like it was almost unreal that um, that this thing could happen to us so young and to this. You know, to someone you know like Casey, who had a personality that was transcended every everyday life, and someone who you looked at and went, "You're going to do things. You're going to do amazing things in this world," and um, I'm just happy to be along for the ride. Um, and so, for for someone to be taken out so young, with that kind of way of carrying themselves in the world felt unreal it was kind of like when ned stark dies spoiler alert when ned stark dies uh at the end of season one of game of thrones it's like well where do we go from, where do we go from here like yeah. this was yeah this, this was the- he was a, he was a focal point yeah yeah um yes, i think that that's probably been
0: exacerbated as well from coming from a smallish community right mm. uh, he was a larger than life member of that community but i think i remember you actually mentioning that interaction and how furious you were and not being able to sort of point to that i thought you were right when you were, were living with that statement i think that you know you wouldn't be who you are today without that bamboo period of your life uh, mm. and that's not to say that it's a positive thing but it is to say that like we touched on before you've been able to draw positives from an incredibly negative Situation, and I think not having known him as well as you, I think Casey would be bloody proud
1: of you, mate. Yeah, well, he better because I've been through some shit. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, of, yeah, but also like going back to that statement, that, that statement, despite being you know uh, uh, finding it quite you know upsetting in the beginning, um, has has been probably the truest thing that has occurred since. And something that I often look back on and go, yeah, she, yeah, she was right. She was absolutely spot on. And I really, really thank her for, for maybe the timing wasn't great, but like the, <laughs> um, but the, the, the intention was absolutely spot on. The message was spot on. And it's something that I've carried with me, you know, through, you know, for the past 12 years, um, and I've got to say, like, if without without that experience, absolutely, like, I think it comes back to being able to being faced with some kind of obstacle or, or tragedy or um, thing this that, that appears insurmountable, and then you finding a way, adapting for like try, forging through in some some respect uh, to be able to be- better your life. And I've, I I I feel like I've started off. I don't know if you've ever played Zelda Ocarina of Time, but I've—it's very much the evolution of being this little kid in the forest with nothing but uh, like a um, uh, a green um, uh, what are they called the tunic or something? Yeah, tunic. I think is what you want. Tunic, tunic. Um, a great little green tunic on to becoming this fully forged, you know, adult that has. Um, an in- incredible protection around them. And, you know, has developed, um, I mean, obviously still a work in progress, still areas of my life that I go, I really need to, I really need to buckle down and, 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 you know, focus on this. Cause this is like relationships for inter- you know, um, for instance, like for me, like that's probably the biggest sticking point. Cause I go, all right, well, you know, there's still, I f- still find these really difficult, but like, you know, it's, um, is, you know, it, it's, it's an it's an area that I that I know I can walk into and feel like even if it's something that I feel that is going to be overwhelming or or difficult or challenging in some aspect that I can move forward in some capacity because I have the ability to break things down and and to um, into manageable chunks and assess myself constantly constantly be in review of myself and that comes from you know I mean you and I are both big fans of Alan Watts and um, getting into um, uh sort of i guess thinking about thinking or metacognition and and that kind of thing and um i think that's where part of both of our spirituality sort of comes into into the way that we um or our our philosophies on life how we sort of conduct ourselves and how we think about how we think about ourselves and the situations that we face um but you are you're you're very much a product of of every situation that you have and i think he's sort of going into something with the mindset that it might not be beneficial for you seemingly at the time but in future this is only going to fortify you against other challenges that are going to come up yeah uh, i mean to the extent alan what's to the extent that i've got a tattoo
0: on me to, to to be a constant reminder but interesting metaphor around uh growth obviously uh, given that when i go out in in my uh, tunic, I'm I'm scaring the children, and I have to leave the library. <laughs> and I've been told this before, so I think. I, I mean, I, I think I think that was a cracking conversation, mate. I could chat to you for hours about this, um, but I think for today, I think we've got a, we've got a natural sort of stopping point uh, to, to to end things on. But again, mate, thank you so much for 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 coming on and and, and helping me try something out as i said to you before we started recording if this conversation reaches one reaches one person who needs to hear it uh that's my that's my desire that's my my end end goal and uh, oh, i'm still learning uh and, and developing skills on how to do this uh these things uh, and thank you very much for being a part of that um i hope that you know that despite the fact i'm on the other side of the world um you can ring me any time of of day or or night Um, I'll I'll always be there for you and I I, I love you mate
1: well thanks thank you so much man I I appreciate I appreciate you asking me to be on this and I love you too we probably don't say it enough um, (laughs) over the we we, we haven't said it enough over the last 20 so I'm going to make up for it now I love you Alex I love you Alex I love you I love you I love you I love you Um, yeah it's uh, it's a beautiful friendship and um, it's only going to get better as the years roll by